You are listening to Selfie, produced by China Plus. Hi there, welcome to Selfie. I'm Yang Yong. This year marks the 100th anniversary of the birth of Li Huanzhi, a towering figure among Chinese classical composers of the 20th century, as the composer of the orchestral score for China's national anthem. In this episode, we will review Li's musical career while enjoying a recent concert put on to commemorate him by the China National Traditional Orchestra. You might not be so familiar with the composer's name, but this cheerful, festive tune must ring some familiar bells. The Spring Festival Overture is the most famous tune. Every time it's played, we know it's time for Chinese New Year. It's known to every household. Whenever I hear it, I think about celebrating the Chinese New Year and returning home. Wherever there are Chinese people, this melody has become a symbol of Chinese New Year festival. Composed by Li Huanzhi in the 1950s, the Spring Festival Overture is the first movement of the Spring Festival Suite, and it has been one of the most frequently performed Chinese orchestral works. Spring Festival or Chinese New Year is the Chinese festival that celebrates the beginning of spring on the traditional Chinese calendar. The music in this overture relates specifically to the Spring Festival, as it is celebrated in Shanbei of Shanxi Province in northwest China, where Li lived for years during the Chinese War of Resistance against Japan. This period had a great impact on his composition style. We'll come to that later. In the middle of this short piece, there's a central passage where the melody is of a gracious, even nostalgic narrative. The musical prototype is the melody sung by the leading singer of Yanga, a form of Chinese folk dance in Shanbei. Its graceful melody conveys people's New Year greetings and prayers for good luck and peace. I was born and brought up in the Shanbei region. The melody in the Spring Festival Overture is from my hometown, which I have been familiar with since I was little. It reminds me of my childhood, and I feel homesick. The beginning is lively, while the middle is soothing, full of emotions and resonance. This part is very pleasant. It can either be delightful or sad. Its style is both Chinese and Western. Li Da Kang, the musician's eldest son, places a precious recording of his father singing this part. This Yang's voice is like this. 
Though it originates from Shanbei, it resonates with all Chinese people. As his family, it means more than the Spring Festival. Whenever we hear the melody, either in a department store or at the airport, we have a feeling that my father is still alive in our hearts. Li Huanzhi was born in 1919 in Hong Kong. Influenced by his family, he was brought up and nurtured by varieties of southern music, including Cantonese opera, Taiwanese opera, and folk songs. Li joined the church choir, learned to play the organ, and was exposed to Western pop songs. On a small organ with only four octaves, Li once practiced playing My Old Kentucky Home and All Land Sign. In 1930, Li's father passed away. 11-year-old Li moved with his mom back to his home province of Fujian and settled in Xiamen. At his local school, Li was systematically trained in basic music theory. In 1935, inspired by a short story by Guo Muoruo, a well-known Chinese playwright, 16-year-old Li wrote his first piece of music, Shepherd Elegy, or Mu Yang Ai Ge in Chinese. His musical talent was beginning to shine. In his notes on this piece, Li Huanzhi wrote, One night after reading Guo's short story, I tossed and turned in my bed. The emotional song of the female shepherd kept resonating in my head. The sun greets me up the hill. The sun sent me down the hill. There's a time when the sun sets and rises. Yet no one knows if the shepherd will return home. The sheep sadly bleat. Did you know they were expecting you to go home?
A year later, Li left Xiamen for the National Music College in Shanghai to learn harmony from Xiao Youmei, a noted Chinese music educator and composer. In his composition career overview, Li wrote, "In the winter of 1936, I composed some music for Shalei's poem Midnight, and then for Wang Guangqi's Leaving My Country song. My composing at that time began to be standardized. That is, to write a melody, I had to write a piano accompaniment. Thanks to Mr. Xiao Youmei, who taught me harmony acoustics, I had the foundations for piano accompaniment. However," Only after semester study, the Chinese War of Resistance against Japan broke out. Li had to return to Xiamen and then worked in Hong Kong, where the family expected him to study business at the trading company of his late father's. Li obeyed, but he couldn't suppress his love for music. While working as an apprentice in the company, he continued to teach himself music. Hardly had he finished his accountancy work than he would write down musical notes as if they had been pouring out of his mind. In the evenings, Li immersed himself in the library, jotting down his favorite poems for which he'd felt the urge to write music. Between 1935 and 1938, I composed 67 songs, including two poems by Alexander Pushkin, an elegy, and If by Life You Were Deceived. At that time, the war was in full swing, yet I was sitting at my desk, bookkeeping all day in Hong Kong, an isolated island, feeling upset and anxious. Reading in the newspaper about the setting up of Luxing Art College in Yang'an, the Chinese Communist Party revolution base during the wartime, Li was no longer contented to work as an apprentice. Leaving her sister and brother-in-law to take care of his mother, nineteen-year-old Li gave up his career in business and set out for Yang'an to pursue his dreams. On July eighteenth, nineteen thirty-eight, I left Hong Kong with a few friends for Yang'an. 出发的时候，他还是瞒着奶奶，不让奶奶知道。When Dad left, he didn't tell my grandmother. It was hard. Leaving Hong Kong, he arrived in Guangzhou, and then he went to Xi'an via Wuhan. Then he took a bus ride and walked on foot for several days and nights. On August the fourth, seeing the Baota Mountain and hearing the rising and falling songs from far away in the fields, my dad realized they were finally in Yang'an. The seven years in Yang'an were the most important in my life. There, in the music department of Luxing Art College, he started composing and conducting with Xian Xinghai, one of the earliest generations of Chinese composers. Following his graduation, he remained there as a faculty member and Xian's assistant. I had loved Xian Xinghai's music very much, even before I came to Yang'an. His midnight songs, the Thirty Million Refugees, hot-blooded songs, all have real artistic charm. Now I could learn from him directly, right by his side. How ecstatic I was! In early 1939, Xian composed the Yellow River Cantata for Guang Weiran's poem and had it premiered in April the same year. In his memoir, Li recalls, "Because of how poor it was in Yang'an back then." It was impossible to form a complete band. We performed with whatever we had. 
as well as three or four violins. There was an arhu, a sanxian, bamboo flutes, guitars, harmonicas, and a few percussion instruments. We had to prop up wooden boards to serve as a music stand. We turned an oil drum into a bass huchin, which produced a strong metallic sound. Li Da Kang, the musician's son, mentions another invention. Shan took a fancy to the big enamel mug hanging on my father's waist. Putting a handful of spoons collected from the chorus team into the mug, Shan asked my father to shake it with the other percussion to create an atmosphere of horses galloping and waves dashing. Soon spread to many parts of China to inspire its listeners during wartime. A year later, Shen left for the Soviet Union to compose the soundtrack for a movie. Li took over the rehearsals and conducting of the Yellow River Cantata, and it was performed on stage again and again. Later, Li wrote and arranged the orchestral scores for the first version of this work, and for Shen's amended version for performance in the Soviet Union by a fully equipped Western orchestra. In Yang'an, Li's love for music composition continued to flow, as he was exposed more than ever to the widest, simplest, and most authentic folk life, folklore, and folk songs. His later work, the Spring Festival Suite, was largely inspired by the period. It seemed to me that for the first time, folk music, the genius creation of the working people, had become so charming that it had great artistic appeal. For the first time, I felt the vigorous, bold dance steps of Yang Ge in Shanbei. The rhythm of gongs and drums was so inspiring. Everything here was fresh, vivid, close, and warm. Gradually and naturally, I became one of them. The piece we are now hearing is "White-Haired Girl Sweet," China's first national opera, composed in 1945 by seven composers, including Li Huanzhi. 
The opera is based on local legends circulating in northern China, describing the misery suffered by the local peasantry, particularly the misery of the women. The story centers on Xiar, a young peasant woman in the North China village, whose family is persecuted by a brutal landlord who drags her away to serve as a slave and concubine. She eventually escapes to the hills, and for years she finds shelter in a cave where her hair turns white, which gives rise to the local belief that she is a ghost. Her fiance Wang Dachuan, who has joined the communist forces, returns and decides to look for her. He finds her in her cave, and they rejoice in a future together under revolutionary liberation.
That was an excerpt of White-Haired Girl Sweet, China's first national opera. Thanks for listening to Selfie. In this episode and the next, we're exploring the life and works of Li Huanzhi, a Chinese classical composing legend of the 20th century. Join us tomorrow for more of Li Huanzhi's music, written after the founding of New China. Bye for now.